Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 56. Wow, really getting on up there. Our skill topic for the week is reclaiming. This was suggested by the reclaim master himself, Mr. Tim Sway, last week's guest. He didn't listen to last week's podcast yet. Tanda, what skill class is reclaiming? I think reclaiming is a skill class three. And you, you, can, you can make two of them out of a reclaimed eight. That's true. That's true. Well, you can make a three and an E, right? Yeah. Or if yeah. you had a couple of uh, threes, you could, you could make an eight out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you but... were really good at reclaiming, you could raise the skill class to an eight pretty easily. That, that sounds like uh, mathematical wizardry to me, and we don't support that kind of thing on this show. <clears throat> Moving right along, Tom, what kind of research did you do on reclaiming? Uh, I didn't do any research. D- did you do anything at all? I figured I, I turned over a new leaf, PJ. I, um, I'm not even going to tell a joke. I'm just, just going to tell you I didn't do any research. Honesty is good, Tom. I, I at least liked it when you made an effort to disguise the fact that you didn't do anything. I mean, that at least it showed you were trying to do something. Well, well, I mean, technically the Wikipedia page is open right now for reclaimed lumber. So maybe by the time Tanda goes, I'll have a tidbit to touch on. Tanda, what, what did you find? I, I thought I had found the gold mine. I thought I had found one page that would just give me all the research I needed. Did you know that the, there's actually like the United States Bureau of Reclamation? And and they've got to be like the best at it. I mean, they've got a whole bureau out there. <laughs> no. And so I went out on the page and I started looking. And I, to be honest, I was a little, I was a little disappointed because, I mean, yeah, they've got a whole bureau, but mostly they're just reclaiming water. I mean, and they're knocking it out of the park. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're reclaiming water in lakes. They're using reclaimed water to build dams and generate electricity, but nothing else. No doors, no pallets, nothing. I mean, that that sounds like a waste of government money to me. I mean... I totally agree. I called them. I called them on it. I thought, as a concerned citizen, this is something I need to do. And so I called them up. And they answered, and, and I just said, have you, have you considered pallets and, and hollow core doors? And they said, what? And then I hung up because, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want Tim and Paul Jackman, like, tracing it back to me. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but they know. I told them, so they're probably on it now, and they'll, they'll branch out into some other, other things. Use one of those voice disguisers so Tim couldn't recognize you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they probably recorded it because it's government something, so they have a recording. But yeah, I used one of those Darth Vader, you know, voice changers. I always suspected that Tim and Paul worked for the government, but I could never quite piece it together. Something about that hippy dippy kind of stuff just never added up. Yeah, yeah. Witness protection. Tom. Yes, you Tom. A, you have a question? I might have found something, and this is kind of this is interesting. So on the Wikipedia page that I mentioned, it says, With reclaimed materials being so popular, it is becoming more difficult to source. With such high demand, some sellers try to pass newer wood off as antique. So the reclaimed movement 
has been an incredible success. Well, you can you can walk into a Home Depot and buy like slat wall material that's made from plastic. <laughs> I mean, things that are ridiculous <laughs> where you can make things look reclaimed. So, so wait, it hasn't been a success because the original intention was reuse something, save it from the landfill, right. and save the planet maybe a little bit. But now what's happened is we've used all the reclaimed stuff and we're now making plastic look like reclaimed wood. There you go. Again, killing the planet. I, I disagree. I think that the stuff is not all used up. I think you do. people are lazy and they're not actually looking hard enough for the reclaimed stuff. That's that's what I think. Because I can list four places right near me where I can go get pallets all day long. Yeah. But is pallets reclaiming? Yeah. Well, reclaiming hasn't, I mean, that's not due to the popularity of reclaiming. That's due to the popularity of the reclaimed look. Yeah. What do you think those pallets had on them? Fake plastic wood. That's what, that's what was shipped on them. Well, that's very possible, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I could still go get the pallets. Yeah. But the problem, the problem isn't that, uh, that people are, are becoming reclaimers. The problem is what you made out of pallet wood was so desirable. Now people are making that out of whatever they can, including new wood and plastic and... Right. Uh, so basically the reclaimed movement has created a lot of makers. No, it's created a lot no. of people who like what those makers make. And uh, now people right. are making it out of new stuff to meet the demand of that market. Now IKEA is making plastic wood and, and putting and putting nail holes in it and destroying the rainforests somehow. I don't know how those are connected. I I, I think uh, we, we might get a little help from this later on um, from Johnson's Hardware. I think they might have a product that we could uh, solve this problem. Oh, with. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I thought about I I thought about uh, buying one of those, and then and then I realized how ridiculous it was. Not sponsor, not a sponsor, and I don't recommend them. Tom, Tom, we are sponsored. We are sponsored oh, we by are? them. Yeah, it's oh, Johnson's yeah. Hardware. Yeah, totally, totally sponsored, and I recommend them. Yeah, every week. Oh. Do they pay us? S- sort of. Uh, no. So no? Well, yes yes, and no. I mean, we, the first check bounced, but I mean, that's that it, they did send it. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, Tanda? I... I, I, I that's crazy. I've been having, I, I've been asking Edna to do all of these ad reads, and I just thought there'd be a check in there somewhere. She's not going to be happy. Yeah, uh, we'll have to discuss this off air. This is not really an on air conversation. Um, <clears throat> moving right along, what what did you find, PJ? Uh, I found seventeen mostly Australian cool products made from recycled plastics. So, I, I added in the the mostly Australian because there was. This was written up in Australia. So uh, they had uh, sustainable activewear. So like jackets, leggings, and crop tops for working out made out of post-consumer recycled plastic water bottles. Hmm. So you could feel eco-friendly while you're doing your hot yoga, basically. And and, and drinking out of a disposable plastic bottle. <laughs> yes, that is because you know everybody doing yeah. hot yoga is taking in a brand new plastic bottle of water. Yeah, I, I recommend the metal myself, but but anyway, um, uh, so we're gonna skip that one. That's dumb. Okay, nope, that's dumb also. Uh, okay, ocean friendly dog collars. 
So uh, they, there's a company that's making dog accessories that are made from recycled ocean plastics and environmental waste. Tanda, side, sidebar, Tanda. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, this is a delayed reaction, but PJ just skipped two of his things, right? You heard that? Yeah. He said, oh, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah, he so, researched so it, he has, found it, wrote it down, and then decided it was dumb. So he actually screens these and only delivers the good ones? Yeah, that's how he keeps it down to 47. See, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> It's still 47. I'm actually really curious what PJ thinks a dumb one is. Oh, yeah. We should call him on that when he comes back. All right. All right. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Oh, here. Here. He's coming back now. All right. So let me see here. Next one is. Oh, PJ. Hey, PJ. Yeah. PJ, real quick. Uh, the one, the two that were right before that one you passed on uh-huh. Uh, because you said they were Dumb. Could you go ahead and read those for us? You don't have to air this. You can cut this out. I'm just curious, personally, uh, sure. there, what your standard is. Uh, there was a shopping bag made out of uh, recycled plastic bottles, which that, that so a plastic bag, plastic bag, yeah, uh, and then made out of plastic, uh, recycled rubber planters for for plants, made out of rubber tires. So just a very normal. Thing that exists, I got it. Yeah. Okay, you're right. They are dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. like here. Interesting. The the next one is mats and rugs made from uh, recycled polypropylene. That's that's not nothing. Oh, I yeah. We have a couple mats that listen to the podcast. That's true. That's true. Uh, this one is cool. No, no rugs though, as far as I know. Well, I mean, I, I, I that one mat looked like he has a toupee to me. I got to be honest, but um, I'm not gonna say which one. Uh, this one's kind of cool. Uh, a natural and recycled shoes. Um, there's this company, which I'm not going to say the name, but they're claiming to have the most comfortable shoe in the world, and they're moving away from recycled or synthetic materials. Their shoes are made from sustainable wool, recycled plastic bottles, and cardboard. Huh. I found that was kind of interesting. I didn't know anybody was making shoes out of cardboard. So... Um, that's cool. This is another cool one. Uh, yoga mats made from recycled wetsuits. So uh, this company has recycled 27,000 wetsuits. How many? 20, Just wetsuits? That, yeah. That's that's a lot of wetsuits. How many people out there are diving? How did they target just wetsuits? Yeah, how did they yeah, how do they get that many I mean, did they have a drive where you could drop off your used wetsuit and then 27,000 people were like, "Oh yeah." This is a good excuse to get a new wetsuit. <laughs> and, and so they had to generate enough plastic to, to replace all those wetsuits. My question is, how are they wearing out the wetsuits? I mean, I thought wetsuits were like one of those things that oh, like... Oh, shark, shark bites mostly. 27,000 shark bites? Yeah. Could be. Yeah, that's probably most common. They don't report them all. Oh. Yeah. Well, well then that makes sense. Uh, never, never mind. Then we have eco-friendly Jenga. That, that's, I mean, that's self-explanatory. Jenga Ocean is made from 100% recycled fishing nets. And my, making one Jenga set is made up of 25 square feet of net. Why didn't they use the fishing, the old retired fishing nets to scoop up plastic? 25 square feet of net? That's not a lot of, that's not a lot of net. They could have used the nets to clean up the ocean. That's like a, that's like a five by five section of net. How could you compress that into enough Jenga blocks to make a set? I, I don't have answers for either of you. Oh, that's, 
I do like the uh, ocean-friendly dog collars, though. The next time I see one of those six-pack rings floating in the ocean, I'm going to take it out and stretch it over my dog's head. <laughs> well, um, then you're probably going to like this. We have recycled plastic swimwear. Yeah. So... So they take so they take plastic swimwear. Yes, they take plastic. <laughs> what, do they make? That, what do they make out of the plastic swimwear that they're recycling? They take the plastic out of the ocean and then they make it into clothes <clears throat> that you then take back into the ocean. That's brilliant. So the circle of life. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't you couldn't you just skinny dip in the in the plastic island in the middle of the ocean? That'd be the same thing, right? I guess you have to find it first, wouldn't you? Those those things are. P- oh, PJ, I I want to. We got to get back to the episode. Are you done with all the dumb ones? I skipped a couple. I'm doing just the good ones. Did, did, oh, oh, thanks, Tom. Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> oh, that, man. Oh, those were, oh, 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 dang. Jeez. <laughs> all right. This one has a cool name, okay? Ghost Net Stockings. I thought that that caught my eye. So there's a Swedish stocking so company. they're not actually stockings? Uh, well, technically they are. Uh, they have elite premium tights that are knitted from 20 denier econol, which is 100% yarn made from ghost nets that have been lost or abandoned or discarded at sea. Oh, pro tip. Don't Google that. You're going to have to explain your search history to your wife now. Dang ghost it. nets. I need to watch that new Ghostbusters. That must be something from Ghostbusters. I, I didn't know that ghost nets were a real thing until until I read that. I didn't. I didn't know there were sea ghosts. Oh, so yeah. We're all learning something new. Yeah, sea ghosts are, yeah, the pirates talk about them all the time. You didn't hear that? They're always talking about haunted stuff. There's sea ghosts everywhere, or so they say. Uh, okay, that one's dumb. Um, dumb. It's another dumb one. Um, he's, he's skipping the dumb ones again. I bet they're fake. I bet they're, he's not skipping any. He's just pretending. Like Do you want me to read them, now? Tom? I'll read them to you. <laughs> I'll read them here. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, okay, so. <laughs> Uh, just, oh, I'm so sorry. Just the titles, so okay? Uh, eco-friendly, bl- eco-friendly blankets. Yeah, whatever. Uh, recycled yeah. plastic. Like, and that's called wool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> recycled plastic waste sorting bins. So they're taking, they're recycling stuff to make recycling bins. No, come on, really? Recycled plastic building materials and outdoor furniture. This is plastic furniture. This, no, not really. If you're going to use plastic, using it, I mean, I know somebody who has a company that makes uh, the plastic plastic planks to make doors and park benches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty good way to just capture plastic and turn it into something that sits there as a bench for its life and yeah. doesn't end up back into... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't think it's interesting. It, it's But they've been doing that for a long time. I remember, I don't know, about 20 years ago, they used to have a sign in one of the grocery stores I went in. Where you could, uh, there was a like a bin where you put plastic bags, like grocery bags, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, "We take twenty thousand plastic grocery bags and we make park benches." So one one park bench takes twenty thousand of those little flimsy bags. That's a lot, a lot of bags. Well, but they but they say that, but they don't say they make the benches out of the bags. They just say we take twenty thousand bags and we make park benches. I didn't read the fine print. I'll be honest with you. I just I just glimpsed the sign while I was walking in. So on Amazon, you can buy twenty thousand plastic bags for seven hundred dollars, and make a bench. Is that what you said? Is that the message? Yes. Yeah. How much is the bench? That's what I'd like to know. 
I'm willing to seven hundred dollars. I'm willing to bet, Tom. You oh, you probably could could, could buy the plastic for less money than that, and, and instead of buying the bags and then recycling them, because it's also going to cost you money to recycle them. Yeah, seems like a lot of. Ooh, yeah, you'd definitely be better off buying the bench and making plastic bags out of it. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Something about this doesn't add up. Are you using a calculator? Does the bench say thank you eight times on every slat? I don't like think the so. bags do. No, no, I don't think so. Oh, that's a shame. They should have kept the thank you. Maybe it's thirty-five boxes of bags. Like 35,000 count bags. I've seen these benches in parks and they have like cement, like legs and arms. And then the slats, instead of being wood, are just like plastic bars. So yeah. it's not even 100% plastic. It's plastic and cement. But I mean, they, 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 I mean, they look nice and they don't wear. So you don't have to paint them. They're, they're that same kind of brown bag color. Wood color? Do they are they supposed to look like wood, not like a brown bag? I can't remember if there's a wood pattern in them or not. But um, then we have a backpack made from recycled bottles. Eh, that's kind of par for the course. Plastic backpacks have been around for a long time. This one is kind of cool. Surfboard fins made from recycled waste. Oh man! There's an Australian brand. I'm gonna call them out because I think it's cool. Called Five Oceans, and they make the EcoFin. It's the world's first surfboard fin made from post-consumer waste from Indonesia. 100 plastic bottle caps go into every ecofin and includes rubbish from the beaches of Bali. So they're taking trash from other countries and, and making surfboard fins out of them. I think that's, that's a cool thing. That's, a, that's definitely a, a niche market there. It's kind of weird that there are countries that have a business model of accepting trash from other countries. Yes. I mean, Denmark was doing that for a while until they had so much they couldn't couldn't process it, but they were using it to... Uh, to burn, right? To burn as fuel. Yeah. 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 They had uh, power plants that were fueled by garbage, basically. Yep. All right, last one. This one is kind of gross. Reusable and recycled cups for events. I'm just going to let that one hang there. Yeah. Not even going to explain it. Hmm. Recycled cups for events. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go to a baseball game and drink out of somebody else's cup? That's what I look forward to. I mean, if there's beer in it still. Those beers are very expensive. It's true. Yeah, if there was a little bit in there, maybe they'd give you a discount. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right. I got two dealer's corners for you guys this week. I got one holdover from last week. This one's called the Back Into Service Trade-Off. If you guys know uh, Rich Edwards from Back Into Service on Instagram, uh, he is a junk hunter as well, but he is strictly estate sailors. He's, he's an estate sailor. Estate sale sailor? I can't. I don't know. He's one of those things. He goes to estate sales and finds things. He doesn't go to like auctions and he doesn't cruise on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace like me and Tom. And anyway, him and I have been going back and forth for months, like probably since last spring, maybe even last year. I can't even remember. But he's been collecting things for me. He knows that I like Thor tools and I like Rockwell stuff. And he, he made a little pile 
And I brought him a bunch of stuff, which was mostly like a pile of spoke shaves, a brass plumb bob, tiny anvil that I got from the flea market the other you know, week, and a couple other things. And in exchange, I got a Thor six and a half inch sanding pad with 20 sanding discs of various grits. I got a three inch Colombian vise. He gave me a can, a spray can of Croil, which if you've ever used Croil, it's supposed to be very good, but it's like 50 bucks a bottle or something. Like it's super pricey. And so I've never bought it. And he's like, yeah, I get these all the time at estate sales. So the one he gave me, the, the sprayer didn't work anymore, but the bottle was like full. So I just punched a hole in it and drained all the oil out and I have some in a syringe. So now I can just like apply it as needed. He gave me a, pa a, a box of various papers. I got like a bunch of um, Rockwell price sheets. I got a, a Delta Gram, which is kind of like Delta's little tool magazine. And I got a bunch of tool manuals. I'm not going to list them all off, but I got like a little treasure trove of like paper history. This is very cool for my collection. I got a Rockwell Mint Green Model 70, one quarter inch electric hand drill in decent condition. And then the creme de la creme of the trade, a Rockwell Model 677-2 extra heavy duty all-purpose dual action orbital or reciprocating two-speed saw with wood and metal settings and about 20 blades so it's a reciprocating saw on crack and all metal body came in its own rockwell case and it works like a beast so those are all the things that I got from, from Rich. Now, the next thing here is was an unexpected deal. This is called the Filament Fandango. So Tom and I have been doing a lot of 3D printing back and forth. And of course, you need filament to print. And I had started out using a filament that Tom had recommended. And I got somehow I got on this mailing list for this place called Filament Hub. Not sponsored. And they, I don't recommend them. I, I don't recommend them, but I, I kind of do. So they they had a sale that they sent me a thing. Uh, if you buy, you know, at this date, go to Amazon and our stuff will be on sale. So I went and I bought uh, this really cool glass blue. It's like Junk Hunter blue filament that's sort of transparent. And then I bought, um, I don't know what the other one was, but I bought two. And... I needed to buy more filament in November this month, and I, I had went back to the emails to see if they had any more discount codes, and they had sent me an email that says, if you write a review, we'll give you a 30% off coupon. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. So then I wrote a review, and then you have to take a screenshot of it and email it to them, and then they give you the coupon. So I did that, and then their, their, their email came back, and they said, oh, well, that offer expired in October. And I said, yeah, but I didn't know that. I, I just saw the email and I wrote the review. You guys can't give me a discount code? And they're like, here's a link. Here's a link to discount on the website. So I click on their link and it didn't work. Like I went, it went to their website and everything was still full price. And so I emailed them back and I'm like, yeah, that link didn't work. Okay. And so like, all right, here's a different link. This is 30% off of everything on the website. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's what I wanted. So I get on the website. And I'm ordering like the basic model PLA filament. I'm not ordering any pro model anything. Just give me the cheapest stuff that works. So basically everything was 23 bucks a spool. 
I got another roll of glass blue PLA, some white PLA, and some red PLA. So uh, it qualified for free shipping, and then the total was around 68 bucks, but then it was discounted to 48.28. So I was relatively happy with, you know, my purchase. But then about an hour or so later, I get an email telling me from the same support team that I've been emailing back and forth from. They're like, oh, we're sorry, we didn't realize that the quantities were wrong on the website. We don't have the blue or the red, but we would like to replace it with this. So they had the white PLA that I ordered. They offered me the glass blue in PETG. Then they offered me pro PLA in neon orange, blue, and black. So five spools, but I'm only paying for three spools. And the total for all of those, including like the pro stuff, which is more expensive, was $139.91. So I'm like, oh. I'm paying 48 bucks for like $140 worth of stuff. I'm like, that's a deal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me that stuff. I could use that stuff. So they're like, okay, we'll send it. Well, I got it today. And what they said they were going to send me is, is not what I got. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened the package up. Spools are only three There's feet. probably an or in there instead of an and. No, there's five things, but it's not what they said. So they, they sent me the, the white PLA and they sent me the, the glass blue um, PETG. But they sent me uh, the pro PLA and neon orange, which I knew it was coming. But then the other pro PLA was neon blue, which not something that I would print in. Even though it's blue, it's not a color I would use. And then they sent me red in pro ABS which ABS prints at almost twice the temperature of PLA. So like, I can't mix that with anything. And I don't even think my printer will print ABS. So I emailed them again <laughs> and I explained, the reason I wanted these colors is I'm making multicolored prints of the same plastic. The stuff you sent me, I can't use. Please send me the blue and the black pro PLA you said you're gonna send me. And I'm waiting to hear back. So that's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I might be getting two more free spools. <laughs> PJ has a long history of ordering things, then they just ship the wrong color. <sighs> yeah. This this reminds me of the of the odd colored blanket. Oh my God! Don't get me started on that blanket. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please don't get him started on the blanket. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's I said too that. late. It's too late. I still have that blanket. I've got to put it up for sale. Oh no! yeah. You know they <laughs> sent it back to me, right? They sent it back to me. I didn't pay for it. They sent it back. I've, now it's cold again because they sent it back hold in the springtime. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Let me explain it. All right, so a while back we did an episode where PJ talked about something that didn't matter and now he's talking about it again. Okay, continue. <laughs> Your explanations are terrible, Tom. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> a better explanation would be... you probably recycle that. You could probably make that blanket into filament and, and recycle it. I think it was a very descriptive explanation. So about this time last year, there was a company. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, oh yeah, you went there. You, not, you went there. So over. I'm gonna finish I'm it all, off. All, okay. <laughs> there was a company last year selling hooded blankets with designs on them, oh, and it was supposed to be two colors of blue and gold. And what I got was a, a, a very bad color of gold, black and green. And I had like a four month battle with them before they would take it back. And then they finally did take it back. They refunded my money 
And then like month and a half, two months later in like June, the exact same blanket showed up in my, I didn't order it. There was no email, nothing. It just showed up. And I thought maybe they'd actually redone it the way that I wanted it because that's what I argued with them. I'm like, I'm supposed to have something that's blue. This is not blue. Anyway, it has been sitting here on my bedroom floor in the the, the package that it came in. Un like I opened it to see it was the wrong thing, but I never used the blanket. And I've been waiting for it to get cold so that I could put this up for sale on eBay and have somebody else buy it because I don't want it. I don't want to touch it. I'm very unhappy, but you know, maybe it'll pay for some printer filament. Anyway, that was it. That's all. That's yeah. all I got to say. Well, that's a pretty good deal because filament can get expensive, especially those specialty ones. Yes. Yes, indeed. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. Personal history. I'm skipping you, Tom. You have trains of thought. Tanda, what's your personal history with reclaiming? I, I've done a fair amount of building things out of reclaimed materials. I never even really thought about it being reclaiming or recycling, but a lot of the stuff I did growing up was out of metal from our kind of scrap pile of metal that I had access to. And I don't remember ever buying, I mean, we made a lot of things out of metal and I never remember buying any new metal. It was always something from the scrapyard. It was something that was, you know, reclaimed from some oil field site. It was old implements. We built a lot of stuff out of old farm implements that we picked up at an auction as far as wheels and bearings and seats and levers and so forth. And, you know, I, ne I never really thought of it as reclaiming. It was just metal that was available. And, and in fact, I don't even know where I would have gone back in those days to buy new metal. We just always had you know, metal sitting around that got turned into various things. And I've told the story about the, uh, about making that trailer and it was made out of like a Harrow spring, a bunch of sucker rod, which is what you use to suspend a pump on the, in the bottom of an oil well. It was made out of bearings from a, from a disc, you know, tractor. Uh, everything in that was something else at one time. The hitch was made from a, a union, a pipe union, and a ball bearing made like a little tiny hitch out of a ball bearing and and a piece of a union that fit over it. And then the funny thing is, I guess I got the recycling or the reclaiming from my dad because after I left and went off to school, he sold my my three wheeler, my ATV, no longer had need for the trailer, and turned it into a cart for his uh, acetylene and oxygen bottles. So he cut it up used the bearings and the wheels and all the metal and made it an upright cart for his uh, settling and oxygen bottles. So that's, uh, you know, but I've always used, I mean, I, we've, I've remodeled every house I've ever lived in and I've taken things I tear out during the remodel and repurposed them. I've used slump block. I tore out a fireplace and I made decorative planters in the yard out of it. Most recently here at the office, I took out a bunch of walls and I've built numerous things out of the material from those walls. Have you seen uh, the videos on Instagram of Matt Cremona redoing his house? He's putting additions on his house. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of the sunken level or the kind of basement out of the basement. Yeah. Under the patio thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been watching them. 
Not a single reclaimed piece of wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just wanted to point that well, out. Well, sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes you want to use you want to use new stuff. Well, I don't think he's ever used a single piece of reclaimed wood. No, he cuts down entire trees. Yeah, he claim he claims it right from the tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's as yeah. fresh as it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a lot of stuff. All my benches that I made in my office, my workbench, the enclosure for my vacuum exhaust for the laser, my whole uh, vacuum former, all of the wood in my vacuum former came out of a wall that I tore out at the last office I had. So I'm pretty good about like stuff that I remodel, I turn into other things. I have a sink and cabinet in my, uh, in my shop now that was the cabinet that came out where I installed the dishwasher in the first house I ever bought. So I've taken this cabinet and a sink that I bought to go into it to every shop since 1989. How many shops is that, Tanda? And I, I've uh, a few. Yeah, a few. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's more than a few shops. Yeah, that's a couple. Few. It's like a handful if you have a weird hand. Is that a maker's dozen? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a maker's it's a maker's dozen so it's it's and is that the uh, the end of your your history is there more do you have anything else uh, yeah I think I've gone on enough oh okay I've given Tom uh, Tom time enough to make up a history that's not enough time Tom's shaking his head Tom you're not getting any more time no see that well I did some research if you want that but it might be too late so uh, personal history mm-hmm personal history um <laughs> if you have to research your think. own personal history it's, let me just. <laughs> Let me Google uh, Infinite Craftsman. Tom just found his personal history on Wikipedia. Reclaiming personal history. Yes. Well, from this Wikipedia page, it says that uh, I got started by doing reclaimed stuff for the sole purpose uh, that it was free and I didn't have any money to spend on things like wood. So uh, other than, you know, other than two by fours and plywood, Anything I ever made early on was out of other things. Things that probably were in much better shape and better constructed and looked nicer than the things that I turned them into. But uh, I learned something. And I think that counts for something. But what did you learn, Tom? Well, that's good. Oh, um, that I shouldn't rip (laughs) good things apart and make (laughs) things out of them. Mostly. Mostly that's what I learned. Oh, that's probably, that's probably good. I don't think you have learned that because I still see you doing it. Well, I, now I just do it for fun. Oh, oh that's important. Yeah, <laughs> that's an important distinction. Not because you have to. I actually just took, uh, I just swapped out our kitchen table for that one I bought for 10 bucks at, <laughs> at a garage sale that I- So you could re- make something out of the other table? <laughs> yeah. Like the other table, it's dated. It's like that- it's like green tile, like literally tile and, but it's got like a leaf in it and it's got like a giant pedestal and it's like, it's a nice functioning table. It's just kind of old and ugly. Now I replaced it with, uh, with garbage. So yeah. (laughs) But that smells funny when you're eating dinner. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't really do reclaim stuff that much anymore. Like that's barely reclaimed. Cause all I did was refinish it. That's not really like reclaiming it. I, I took a table and, and 
it's still a table. I like, once I got over the fear of going to a legitimate lumber yard and buying actual lumber, it is so much easier to work with because you just get what you want and you mill it down. It doesn't have freaking nails in it and you just, you make what you want out of it. I don't know. You know what? One of the speaking of of garbage, I made a bunch of planters out of uh, concrete that was just getting dumped out on the mesa, so people didn't want to pay disposal fees, and a lot of the like transfer stations and dumps won't take concrete, and so it would just get dumped just out in the desert. But if you have like a big slab where they've broken out like a five inch deep concrete pour and they've just jackhammered it into small pieces so they can haul it off. It makes great planters and retaining walls because you can just put, you know, the one side, just find the side that's even and make that the outside of your wall and just let whatever jagged odd shape stick back into the planter. And then when you fill it up with soil, it all kind of interlocks and stays in place. And that's cheap, cheap retaining walls. And that's another thing that you see all over at like Home Depot or whatever, the little, you know, the blocks with the rough surfaced face. And I would just drive my truck out. I would just drive my truck out in the evenings and load it up with the broken out five inch thick concrete slab. So interesting side fact that has nothing to do with yours, except that it's about cement. Uh, here in town, not, not my town, but the next town over, there's one cement company and their business like there's a main road that goes behind it and there's sort of like a little gully and then like a big like a incline that goes up to their business so it looks like they're up on a hill and mm -hmm. all they do like whenever they're they go out and they pour and then they come back and there's still cement in the truck right. is they just dump it down this hill so the entire hill is made of cement and it's it's gigantic <laughs> like it's it's if i had to guess I'm talking about like three, four hundred feet across by maybe like five, six hundred feet down, all cement. Like nothing's growing there. That, that'll be a good archaeological find someday when all the dirt's eroded from underneath it and there's just this big flow of, of concrete. It looks like cement lava. Yeah. So anyway, that was, That's that cool. was totally derailing. So what's your history, PJ? Well, I've, I've talked about my... My father taking my brother and I out junk hunting when we were kids, and that, that was definitely the start of the, the recycling, finding things on, on Big Garbage Day. You should call yourself Son of the Junk Hunter. That's a good name. I'll have to think that over. I might change my Instagram. I don't like it. I don't like it. That sounds stupid. Tom's going to come up with a better one, Tanda. Sorry, he shot it down. Yeah, maybe throw your name in there in case there's another Son of a Junk Hunter. <laughs> That's also a good oh, idea. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. If there is another Son of the Junk Hunter, we should have him on as a guest. Well, he just said his brother went with them, so... Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. talk to my brother, see if he can come on next week. Anyway, besides that, I'd say as a kid, uh, my dad had, before I was born, he had an electronics repair shop. And then when I was born, he became a sheriff's officer, so all this electronic stuff from the shop was in my garage. And he used to throw things out over the lifespan that I was his son. And, and then I would pick the things out of the garbage... And some stuff I would let go by the wayside, and then other things I would keep and I would reuse as mostly toys because I was a kid. But I count that as some form of reclaiming, you know? I used to take all kinds of things that looked neat that no other kid would have that probably cost a lot of money at one point in time, and I would play with them. Probably shouldn't be, but anyway, that's, that's where it started. More recently, I'd say when I got back into the 
the making side of things and the maker community, something sparked with going again with Tom's idea of things that are free, uh, not having a lot of money. You need free things. I somehow stumbled onto HDPE and melting HDPE into other things. And I don't remember exactly where that started. Some Something on YouTube, I'm guessing. But so many items in your house are made with HDPE. Almost 50 to 80% of the bottled goods in your house are made with that plastic, which is easy to melt down in a toaster oven or an actual stove if you have access to a stove that's not in your kitchen because it stinks when you're when you're melting mm-hmm. it. And I found out all kinds of interesting facts about it when I was doing it. Like when I, I, I think the channel I was watching said that you should shred or cut up the HDPE into tiny pieces before you melt it. So I was doing all that and it took all this time. And then I got, you know, I was impatient and I'm like, what if I just put these in big chunks if they'd melt? And that's exactly what happens. You don't have to cut it up into little shreds. You just put a big chunk in there, leave it in there for longer, and it melts exactly the same as all the little tiny pieces. So I ended up making a bunch of HDPE mallets. And I I have two in my shop that I use. Ones that, There's one at each end, and I use them all the time. Uh, I've been meaning to get back into it. I really want to make a Mjolnir HDPE mallet. I want to make a big Thor's mallet and I want to like use uh, like a rotary tool to actually carve in like all the lines and designs and stuff from like the movie hammer. So it's not just like the actual shape. I want it to be the shape and have all the little details and stuff. Mm -hmm. So which is going to be tricky because HDPE won't take paint. So in order to like get those details to pop out, I'm going to have to get creative with something. I don't know. Do you follow brother brothers make? I know of them, and I believe I'm the, following them, but I I can't yeah, say much. Good, good YouTube channel and channel they and that's like core to their channel. I've made um, several things. I've experimented a lot with the HDPE, and I actually have, I want to say, two full duffel bags of white. One's white, and one is like the milk jug clear, that sort of opaque clear. And then I have, I can't even tell you how many containers of colors. Like anytime I get a color, I I would separate it out so that I could use that for specific accents and things. Like I just start, I just cut up yesterday. The, I have two of those big blue 55 gallon drums that, you know, for Mm, water mm -hmm. collection and chemicals and stuff. Those are made out of HDPE. And I had to cut off the tops so that I could put things in them. And I just cut up the tops and I filled up the two the two inner tops filled up about half of one of those uh, cat litter buckets, those plastic buckets. So mm-hmm. that's 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 a ton. That's a lot of that's like solid HDP. There's not a lot of air in there. That's 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 been a big one that I need to get back that's, into. That's that's like a maker maker ton though, right? Like not like a US imperial ton or a metric ton. That's that's if it fits in a cat litter jug, I, I, it's, it's probably just a maker it's ton. It's more of a junk hunter ton. Uh, I, don't, I don't even okay. know if it qualifies as a maker ton. Um, we'll, we'll have to call um, measures and standards on, or what is it, weights and standards, weights and measures, whatever that regulatory system yeah. is. So, uh, But moving along, uh, I've been salvaging and reclaiming uh, anything that's 
you know, anything that I could find. Uh, they knocked down a house across the street from me. I ran over and I took all the lumber that I could grab. Uh, I stop whenever I can to take plywood out of dumpsters. And I mean, some people they're like, well, you know, the, the plywood you find in there is no good. I have found really good plywood. You know, I, it's not like cabinet grade, but sometimes it is. Depends on where the, you know, where you're getting it from. If it's from a construction site. How do those people know? How do they know what kind of plywood you're getting? I, I, I don't Facebook know. Facebook comment. I don't know. The trolls, you know. Oh, dumpster plywood's no good. You're picking the wrong bad stuff. <laughs> you know, I got a bunch of plywood out of a grocery store that closed down and they were ripping everything out of the grocery store that was up, up the street from where I live. It had been closed for like 25 years. And definitely, like I said, not cabinet grade, but it was like seven or eight ply plywood you know it was not like the cheap stuff where it's like three you know this was like really decent and i used i used all that plywood to build the roof for my japanese tea house shed that's what formed the the outer shell that i put all the shingles on and that that shed is another good example like i'd say like 85 percent of that is made from wood and reclaimed materials that i didn't pay for just randomly the the floorboards are made out of swamp wood and it's called that because i found it in the swamp it's uh, it was somebody's deck that they had tore off and threw in the swamp and i pulled it out of the swamp and there was some rotten bits that i had to cut out but i mean that's the entire floor of the shed didn't pay for it, it was like uh it was like two inch thick beams like they were they were not small you know, they were hefty. And I planed them down, too. I think I planed them down to like an inch and a half. But, yeah, I've been um, – all the all the workbenches and tables, um, with the exception of one cart in my shop, are made out of reclaimed wood and reclaimed steel. Um, I don't know. There's so much in the shop I, I can't even list it all. But You need, you need a sign for your, for your Japanese tea house shed that says 85% post-consumer content. Do you know anybody that could make that for me, Tanda? Is there anybody that can make a sign like that? I'm... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, make signs. You probably need to get it at Ikea or something. Do they sell those kind of signs there? Maybe check Etsy. Oh, Etsy's good. Yeah, they make that kind of stuff there. Yeah. I, you know, you know, um, Derek from Alden makes signs. Do you, Do you think he has those kind of oh, stuff? Yeah, but those are those are those are kind of handmade, and yeah, handmade and with CNC and stuff. Those are those are probably. Those are probably expensive. Wait a minute. You probably want to go to Target, Target or something. How is it handmade and CNC? I thought the CNC did all the work for you. Yeah, but you got to push the button. Well, that's more like finger made. Uh, it's a big button. Okay, so palm, palm made? Wait, palm made is a product, isn't it? Mm. Pretty sure that's for it, your hair. Could be uh, palm made. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I, I, Not sponsored, if it is a product. Uh, yeah, and I don't recommend I them. I don't recommend them. I don't even know what it's for. I think it's for hair, though. Anyway, that's the bulk of it. If I could think of something else, which I probably will as soon as I say I can't think of anything else. But I've been reclaiming stuff for since I was in single digits, you know, and it, it, it comes from everywhere. I think the problem is for people that don't understand reclaiming, they don't know how to look at things. Like we were talking about this in the pre-show there was a write-up on the internet that said that everything has been reclaimed and now like stores are making fake reclaimed stuff out of plastic, like fake pallets and things like that. And 
that's not even close to true. You know, I, I, I have five places, four or five places I can go right now that have pallets as much as you can carry. Like you could take a couple of truckloads of pallets and they're still going to have more. Like tomorrow there will be more. It, it, Tom, Tom, sidebar. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't, wasn't sure. that actually, wasn't that actually in the show? Totally didn't, in the didn't, show. <laughs> didn't we talk about that in the show? Yeah. Yeah. That was my non-research. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to make sure because I I, I didn't know when we started recording. I did, I'm glad you said sidebar. I wasn't gonna do it because I didn't want to be wrong. It'd, it'd be like I was double wrong. So I'm really I'm really. Oh, you can be wrong. You can be totally wrong. We're in a sidebar. PJ won't know if we're wrong. Yeah, but I, if I was wrong, I would want this cut out because the audience would know that I was wrong, and we can't have that. Oh, I I'm totally okay with the audience, you know, knowing I'm wrong. I am. I am. I am often. So. Oh no, they're vicious. They send me really nasty notes all the time. And oh man, do they? I should start reading. I should start reading those notes. Um, very upset about my giggling and everything. Yeah. Well, my notes. How do you have access to my notes? Oh, they're on Wikipedia. Oh shoot! Is it auto update. It's Damn the it. same problem you have with the sidebar button, Tom. You you think oh. you're saving your notes locally and and you're posting them on on the internet. Here, here, I'm, I'm going to take us out of the sidebar because PJ's come back. Oh, good. He's, he's, yeah. Oh, there okay. he is. And that was the last time I tried to reuse a pool noodle. Those things are absolutely terrible. I don't recommend it. So Not sponsored. That, yeah, not, not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> Definitely not. That, not after that story, for sure. <laughs> I recommend you wear gloves. <laughs> oh, man. I'm done. I'm cooked. Sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hi, y'all. This is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you trying to make a reclaimed table, but you've run out of reclaimed wood? Well, we have just the thing, the timber tumbler. With the timber tumbler, you can set it up in your backyard and buy wood from any big box store and then just take it out, throw it in the timber tumbler along with some nails, some dirt, maybe even a few worms and some other crud, and then turn it on. One pull of the handle and it'll be off and running. We have both a three-horse and a five-horse model. As soon as it starts turning, a small numbered ticket will pop out. You're going to want to grab that, put it in your pocket, and then wait for just a couple days. If you are near the timber tumbler, follow all of the safety advice. No long ties, lanyards, long sleeve shirts, always wear safety glasses, tie back your hair. And remember, the timber tumbler can cause blindness. In two or three days, come back with your claim ticket and poke it into the timber tumbler and the door will open and you can reclaim your lumber. It'll be dirty and cruddy and rusty and you'll be able to make with it like a pro. If you buy the three horse model be sure to buy more feed than you would if you buy the two horse model. If you buy the five horse model buy two times as much feed because five horses can eat a lot. The timber tumbler is only $1,172 for the three horse model and $1,572.63 for the five horse model. The pool court is sold separate. You'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskill what the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Tom, what skill goes well with reclaiming? It's like a deer in the headlights here. He's completely frozen. Tom, are you there? Tom, yeah. are you okay? Hold on, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll be all right. I don't know. Is there a... 
being able to see something for what it could be and not for just what it is, that's a skill somehow. Mm. I don't even know where to put the ing on that one. Mm. But you have to be able to see the potential in something because there's a lot of things that can be reclaimed that you just wouldn't think they could be reclaimed. You're like, oh, that's jungle, throw that out. But really, you could you could reclaim anything. I'm forever seeing people do that where they're making something out of something else, and I'm like, oh man, I hadn't that's I hadn't a good idea. That. That's a good idea. Yeah. Now we just have to come up with a name for it. What What is it, Tom? What could it be? Could it be re-envisionizing? Hmm. That's that's not bad. No, I don't know. That there probably is a there probably is a name for it, but I got I got nothing. Uh, I would probably say that's more along the lines of engineering, like potentializing. Well, engineers have to be mm. able to examine structural, you know, like every like the structure of things to make sure they're sound. You know, like if you if you're you have building plans, you have to take them to an engineer to be like, okay, yeah, this can be built safely without falling down, right? So it's the same thing. Or, or wait a minute, this was made from old refrigerator doors. Yeah, probably not safe. But I think that it's the same thing for what you're trying to describe is you you need to have that skill where you can look at something and see how things can be made. So the engineer is just, he's on the other end of that. But yeah, I'd say engineering would probably be the closest thing to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that's wrong, but let's go with it. Why, why are you digging through that dumpster? Because I'm an engineer. Dumpster engineering. Tanda, what about you? What skill goes well with the, the skill we're talking about? I'm, I'm going to say claiming. I mean, there would be no, re, no reclaiming without claiming. You mean like claiming like so. a plot of land? Like like gold, just cl- yeah, claiming claiming in general, claiming anything, because if if there aren't people out there claiming it, then no one can reclaim it. Well, what about exclaiming? Yeah, exclaiming is when you get enough money, you don't have to reclaim anymore, and then you're an exclaimer. Like, why don't we just buy that? You exclaim instead of, instead of making it out of trash. I, th- I thought that exclaimers were retired claimers. Hmm. Yeah, it could be ex reclaimers. That's what I was thinking of. I'm going to say frugality is a skill that goes well with reclaiming because I think that if you're trying to be frugal and and be cognizant of being frugal, that leads to reclaiming. Whereas if you you just are like, I just want it now. I don't want to have to make it. I don't want to have to search for it. I don't want to make it out of something else. And you're not being frugal. Then that usually results in not reclaiming something. So I'm going to say frugality is a is a good skill that goes with reclaiming. We, we went in so many circles on that one, I can't even dispute it. I, I, I'm just going to move on. So I wore him down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, mine, mine is much more simple. The, the skill that goes well with reclaiming is driving. Because if you're reclaiming stuff, you're going to have to move it. you got to drive to it, unless you're going to carry it on your back. So Tanda, Tanda, sidebar. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I, I have nothing to say in this sidebar. I just need a break from PJ. Oh, okay. Yeah, take your time. And... I'm just going to take a sip of this and give me just, you know, 10, 20 seconds here. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna blow my nose and maybe go to the bathroom. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. uh. 
right, you, I'm you good? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm done. You I, good? I, All right. I, yeah, I kind of got carried away blowing my nose. Now, now oh, okay. I don't need to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess, uh, I guess he's back. <clears throat> so, driving. And then after I burned out the clutch on my first truck, then I had to take a skateboard home because I was like a mile up the street and my dad wouldn't come get me. So that was that was a, a lesson hard learned for driving, for sure. And uh, I think everybody should learn that. That's the most interesting story you've ever told. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially if you're picking up stuff that's that's heavy and bulky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I see something shiny. Let's go get it. Tom, you demanded your own segment so you could talk about something. Here it is. What do you got? So this week's Dealer's Corner, I, uh, I bought a lathe. Um, this is called the Checks in the Mail Lathe. It came up on Facebook Marketplace for 200 bucks, and the pictures were terrible. Pretty sure they were taken with a flip phone. And we're doing this Dealer's Corner style, by the way. I'm, I refuse. And the I was like, this is a good sign that this is a good deal because it's such a terrible post. And it turns out I was talking to someone that was friends with the guy who definitely had a flip phone. And uh, I was first. So I show up and he's got, his yard is littered with excavators and trailers and tractors and trucks and and lots of things with wheels and tracks and all kinds of The house is in awful shape, like just bad, but it was dark. I couldn't see it all. Anyways, I, I see the lathe. He opens up the garage door and it's on, it's just on the inside of the garage and it is nose down. So the tailstock is pointing to the sky. If I explained it both ways well enough mm-hmm. and I go, Oh, do you know if it works? And he flips the switch and the motor spins <laughs> <laughs> just right there in that position. I went, all right, it works. <laughs> the ver- vertical lane. Uh, was, That's totally safe. For me. Totally safe. Yeah, so the deal was 200 bucks, and all the tooling and stuff was in the picture. And he goes, oh, I got a bunch of tools if you want to, you know, I'm looking for like 50 bucks for them. And they were the tools that were like in the picture. And I'm like, ugh, I, I'm a, this is a case of miscommunication between him and the person that listed the thing. And I didn't care. I paid him the 50 bucks, but I didn't. The check's in the mail. He literally is going to get a check for $50 in the mail from me for these extra tools. But they were totally worth it. I didn't haggle with the guy. Those are usually the deals I like to get when, like, you almost feel bad that you're stealing something. So it's a Powermatic 45 wood lathe. Not a metal lathe. Don't be confused. And the reason we're doing it in this segment and not in Dealer's Corner is because PJ's a... Wow, Tom. I'm wow. Not wow. wow. I'm not gonna... Okay, thanks. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm bleeping all that. Yeah, that's all getting bleeped out. <laughs> you're... Yeah, you were going to do it no matter what I said. So. Uh... <laughs> so here's the thing. I think I'm going to keep it, but this is up for debate. Like, should I keep a, a wood lathe? I've had a couple in the past. I just, like, it's one of those items that just kind of takes up space and you don't use a lot. But my thinking is, is like, this is, if I'm going to keep a lathe, like this is the one to keep, like this is the, it's like big enough for 
almost anything. It's got the the out. I don't know what this is called. It's when you can hook something up to the outside of the lathe. Out, um, outboard. You can turn like a bigger bowl. Outboard. Mm-hmm. Outboard. Yeah. yeah, there it is. So it's got that capability too. It's got like five or six chuck uh, face plates of different sizes. I've got seven or eight tool rests. I've got obviously the tailstock with dead centers and live centers. So I have kind of everything I need. That's not specific to like, you know, pen turning. You need like 10 more things, but it's got all that stuff. And it's, it's a relatively small footprint. I mean, it's big, but it's as far as leads go, it's pretty tidy. You know, the motor's underneath in a cabinet. It's not out the back or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of tools too, right? Ah, yeah. So a set of Freud turning tools, which are pretty decent looking. And then, oh, what's the brand? S- starts with an S. Sorby? Yeah, Sorby. I think it's Sor- S-O-R-B-Y. Mm-hmm. I have like eight or nine tools of Sorby. And I looked up their tools and like one of them is like 200 bucks. It's all Sheffield steel you know, on the ends of those things, uh, cutters and like, it's decent stuff. So I could probably sell a couple tools, get my money back and keep everything else, which is what I like to do anyway. But what do you think? Should I keep a lathe? Should I just flip it and make a few hundred bucks? What's, would you keep a lathe? I I think you should flip it and keep it. I think you could flip it up on end so it doesn't take so much room and, and keep it and then just do all your turning vertically. Wouldn't it work? Wouldn't that work? You left out that it was variable speed. It had the Reeves drive. Well, I said PM45, so everybody knows what that is, right? Yeah, it's Reeves drive. It's uh, it's like those cone pulleys, and you and and they 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 move. The cone mm-hmm. changes size. Uh, Morgan told me that one of them is passive, so one of them moves, and the other one just goes along with it, based on belt tension, I suppose. There's like a big spring on it. I thought that was pretty interesting. No, it sounds like it sounds like something that would be worth keeping. And sometimes yeah. you you like have a go at something and you buy a small tool or a, an inferior tool and you yep. kind of say, "Oh, it just collects dust and I never use it and I don't I won't ever want another one." But then you come across something that's like a, a very good version of it or it's an appropriate size for what you like to do. Right. And then and then you have a totally different experience with it. So that's what I'm hoping. I hope I turn this thing on and I go, oh, this is what a wood lathe is supposed to do. Um, my last one was a, a MIDI, a Delta MIDI. And honestly, it's a, it's a great capable lathe, but it's for small stuff. It's for pen turning and kits. Um, and, and I did that. That was fun. I just don't want to make a hundred pens. You know, I'm, I'm not that. I'm not that guy. Like, that guy's cool, and that guy makes cool stuff, but I'm not that guy, you know? Uh, I want to make one bowl and and one platter, and that's it. That's all I want to make. <laughs> one, one, one baluster. You want to make a staircase and just have a one. single step And then, yeah, then I kind of got tired of turning. That's why the others are just, just you know, square sticks. Right. <laughs> Tom, I was thinking about the, the Reeves drive, and uh, I, I figured out how it works. So the the length of the belt as you change the 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 mechanical side of that cone on the the motor side let's say mm-hmm. the top mm-hmm. side that has the spring pushing against it uh, as it's allowing the the belt to move like when you change the diameter of the cone the belt either has more slack or less slack so that spring pressing against it 
just automatically moves with the slack. So the the think right. of it like the length of the belt is changing, and that's how the spring is working automatically. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool tech. I mean, it's because it's so simple, really. Like a really simple way to make a, you know, an infinite, it's a CVT, right? Uh, continuous mm-hmm. variable transmission, basically. It's it's super cool. And that's really why I want to keep it because of that mechanism. But also I looked on YouTube and somebody has like a really nice restored one. And it looks so good that I'm like, I want, I want to look at that every day. So it might be my next big restoration project. Honestly, it's big, but it's not complicated at all. Like, there is not a lot going on there. My metal lathe was way more complicated, so this should be a cakewalk, except for the fact that it's massive. And there's a lot of surface area. Like, there's a lot of sheet metal. It's like eighth-inch steel sheet metal, but it's uh, a lot of surface area. So I I have to do a lot of wire wheeling and then, obviously, painting. What what would you make? I mean, what, you know, what if, if you started up and got it running... You know, just just for fun or to try it out, yeah. what do you think you would make? I would make one of those giant toth vase things. I just go mm. at, I just make the biggest thing I could make, like a segmented. Yeah, right. I just make the biggest thing I could possibly make on it. That would be cool. That's probably a bad idea, but that's. I mean, have you seen my channel? I think I yeah. think you should keep yeah. it, Tom. I got to say, I mean, I am not a huge Powermatic fan. Uh, I mean, I think they make good tools, but they're very pricey. I mean, you definitely got it for like the right price, but stylistically. That's a nice lathe. I mean, it has some nice looks to it. It's got some curves in the right places. Everything is sort of hidden in the right mm-hmm. way. It's It's got that kind of classy, like, heirloom look to it that you want for something that's going to stay in your shop, you know? Yeah, it's not overly, like, sculpted. Like, it doesn't have, like, an Art Deco base like the the unisaws have right but it but you're right it's it's subtle but it's it's very nice looking and restored it looks amazing it looks it looks like an old 50s car you know just the right curvature or something i don't know i don't i don't even like wood now i've got lathe envy (laughs) i mean oh that's it i'm keeping it tom i saw the amount of like flat surface area on that thing if you did that with if you split it up with some two-tone paint okay whatever two tones you like, and then on the darker tone, you threw in a little gold pinstriping, dude, it, it would look fantastic. Mm, mm, yeah, I got to think about what I want to do. I, most of the time I paint things black, but I don't think I want this to be black. I don't think it'll look right. I think it needs to be like an old machine color, like a gray, or like one of those, like, like remember like the old case tractors that were like beige-ish, yellow, like yellowy mm-hmm. beige, and uh, had like the orange lettering, like that would be cool. Something like that. But it needs to be like a vintage tool color, I think. I don't think it'll look good in like a new, like blue or black or even red might be. Tr- I don't think so. I think it needs to be classic. So, so Grizzly grizzly Green is out with with a 3D printed Grizzly. Oh, uh, the green that's on it. So, Techhead. <laughs> okay, I've, I've got, I got a suggestion for you, Tom. Techhead Fireman sent me a message and he goes, I got two of those at the school. And he goes, that's that's a uh, high school high school shop green. Leave it alone, <laughs> Tom. I, I got a suggestion for yeah. you, which is going to go counter to what you might expect. But I'm thinking about your shop and how you have it set up. So here's here's my suggestion. I think you should do. You can get. 
I know you can get a hammered gray, and I'm pretty sure you can get a hammered or some sort of brownish. I think Rust-Oleum makes, it might be a rubbed bronze color, but it looks brown. So mm -hmm. brown and gray, because you have gray and walnut in a lot of your furniture, and then accent mm. it with either gold or brass. And that is the tone of your shop. That's how you keep making all your furniture. I, I, it's not something that I think I would recommend to anybody else, but it fits with your aesthetic. I like that brown color you're talking about, as long as it's the same color in my head. I like bright color, generally. Like, I want... Like, I would want it to be cherry red, right? Like, I like bright primary colors. But something like you're talking about is makes more sense for it. You could still... I gotta, you could, I gotta look at it more. You could do cherry red, gray, and gold, and then it would look like a fire truck. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would look like a fire truck. That would be cool, man. That could be the fire truck lathe. I mean, it's that is a cool yeah. setup. As far as like, you know, if you want to pick something. Well, it'll be chrome. The thing is, it'll be it'll be polished metal also, no matter what color I pick. So there will be a certain amount of polished uh, metal from the ways mm -hmm. and the chalk. And maybe that's it. Well, the tailstock's going to have some of that on there, too. And the doorknob. Yeah. Fire engines I'll have chrome. Out. There 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 are ways like where you move the tool rest is actually a like a polished way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just not critical, right? Right. Like, it's not. Yeah. I mean, the tailstock should be in center, but even that's not critical because you just, well, I guess it would cause a taper if it was off too far, right? Yeah, but. But most of the time you're not doing, you're not doing machine work, right? You're, you're putting tapers on everything anyway, right? Yeah, I hadn't really considered that. I mean, my lathe, yeah. you know, it has ways. That's what you move the tool rest along, but I've never. Right you know considered or even looked at them as far as their they're just flat you know quality <laughs> they're just yeah, flat pieces no. of metal they're just flat well it's part of the casting in this case right like well i guess they usually are but um, that'd be a good that'd be a good troll video to like scrape more. the ways on your wood lathe and then just stick <laughs> yeah. the tool like a bent up old tool post in and run your run your yes. tool along it that'd yeah. be brilliant yeah spend all that time just scraping the ways in <laughs> <laughs> like, oh and then put God. your tool post back on and then just move it over and yeah, yeah. set set an old bent up rusty uh, uh dang that's good i think i think someone should make a troll troll channel and they just intentionally make trigger videos and uh, and then just respond to trolls all day long well isn't that what paul jackman does oh yeah yeah it's already been done he's already doing that yes Hey, I see you looking at my stuff. Go get your own, Shiny. All right. It's time for short and sweet. Tanda, you have anything you want to say to wrap up the show? Well, I mentioned them earlier, but in addition to the usual suspects doing reclaiming stuff, if you're not following Brothers Make, go check them out on Instagram or their YouTube channel. They're doing a lot of uh, HDPE and plastic recycling into things and have, you know, created a lot of techniques and stuff for making making cool stuff and they have neat you know artistic stuff that they're doing with it so i would recommend following them yeah they're definitely a good follow tom what about you yeah uh, i don't know if i talked about them before but red cord lamp company but it's just co red cord lamp co on instagram he takes well, actually pj don't look him up you'll you'll hate him for this i know him he takes old vintage stuff and he puts light bulbs on it and a red cord that's it. That's all he does. It's really well done stuff, but he'll take an old 
like I'm looking at an old toy truck and he lights the inside as a lamp, you know, not as a, let me give you another example. He t- he's got this old movie projector with the two big movie reel wheels on mm-hmm. it. And he's yeah. got this giant long, uh, like Edison bulb bulb coming out of the projector spot. And it just looks so dang cool. And he's got such a unique style. I want to say it's steampunk, but it's not because he's making it look steampunk. It just is like, it's that kind of stuff, you know? He's got a lot of cool stuff. I, I see his stuff all the time in my feed. So you, you know what I like? I never asked him about this, and I should. But I, it's he uses a red cord for all of these things, and I, part of me is like, the cord is just always freaking there, and you can't avoid it. And he's like, it, let's just make it red and make it part of the thing, and like embrace the fact that there's a cord there, and not try to hide it. You know, I'm gonna ask him if that was what his intention was. Absolutely. Well, and depend if it's like a brightly colored red cord, then then it's probably something that he sources from you know not one of thousands of places, and so it makes it unique because it's not something you just go down and buy at the hardware. Yeah, definitely. Yep. It's a signature piece. Speaking of which, along the same lines, if you go to Salvage and Craft on Instagram, he does a similar thing where he's taking uh, wine bottles and liquor bottles and uh, those brass blow torches, the old brass blow torches, and turning those into lamps. And he does all kinds of interesting sort of home decor type items. I think that they're a little bit more on the classy side com- compared to um, the one, your, your recommendation, Tom. But it's in that mm-hmm. same vein where it's the it's turning things into lights and, um, you know, reclaiming things that normally... Like a lot of this, most of his stuff is is bottles, which would normally just be recycled. No one, no one would really think of yeah. keeping them. He makes them look really nice, though. Like I don't drink, and I'm like, oh, I, I could take one of those and put it somewhere, find a space, right? Yeah, Rob, um, the R O B company spelt out. He takes old liquor bottles and turns them into traditional lamps. So the liquor bottle is the base of the lamp. A couple other details involved there, but like that's. That's it. That's what, that's all he does in the sense of like, that's what he does. That's his niche. And he'll take your old, you know, liquor bottle that probably cost you $300 and put a hole through it and make it a lamp. There's a lot of people doing it. It's a popular thing. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. If you're, you're talking about lights made me think of uh, a manufacturer that was local here and they've since moved to Arizona, but uh, Daikon Studio, or if you look for them online, it's Daikonic. D-A-I-K-O-N-I-C dot com. They make some really cool light fixtures and chandeliers and all kinds of lights, mostly out of brass. Ooh. And the and the kind of Edison bulb, well, like the LED versions of the old Edison bulbs. So they're just really cool. Oh, yeah. Cool things. That's, that's instant cool factor for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to thank our patrons, and we have a new Patreon this week, Marsh Wildman came in at the beginner skill level and of course i want to thank our top patreon thank supporters creator nader and our very own tanda we are getting ready to close out the show and go do the secret segment which only marsh and creator nader and tanda and a handful of other people can hear so if you guys are missing us banter about things that oh it's 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 like a maker hand it's like two maker handfuls I, yeah yeah, I'd say at least two. Thirteen Pro- and a half. Probably, probably like three. Thirteen and a half. Three. Yeah. 
maybe. That's about right. Something like that. But yeah, so thank you guys for listening. And if you want to hear more, go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills and cough up some of that coin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.